Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Sport Huddle brought to you by Leeds Hospital Radio Sports Team. And this week I am delighted to welcome back um, both Statler and Waldorf to the show, um, Alan Breeze and Stuart Taylor, um, plus Bernie to bring a little bit of decorum uh, to proceedings. Um, well, we hope so anyway. Um, we'll be talking local football with Leeds, Huddersfield, uh, Bradford and Harrogate, a little bit about the internationals with England qualifying for the World Cup, um, just um, with Scotland and Wales also qualifying for the playoffs, which is great news. Um, we'll be chatting about the T20 World Cup final last weekend and the Rugby Union Autumn Internationals. Um, so without further ado, um, the international break is over um, and Leeds are travelling to Tottenham on Sunday for Super Sunday. Um, and Tottenham have got Antonio Conte in the home dugout for the very first time. Um, Alan, do you think that will be... Um, the good news for Tottenham in the fact that they will want to impress their new manager at home. Well, I think so, yes, but uh, I, I've been a bit more worried about Harry Kane because Harry Kane's actually on the pitch um, and he might not have been playing the <clears throat> the, the best uh, countries in the world in terms of uh, um, difficulty, but he still scored seven goals in a week and um, yeah. not even you have scored seven goals in a week, I'm reliably informed, Ian. Um, well, uh, yes, I have. I've, I've scored that many a time, but you know, um, we'll but I think, yeah, I mean, being serious, I think, I, I think uh, they should worry about who's on the pitch. If Harry Kane gets the gets the service, um, Leeds really going to struggle because it's. It, but that's it, been the problem, Alan, hasn't it? Harry Kane hasn't been getting the service mm. at Tottenham. He's mm. had to play for England to score his goals. Yeah. And uh, Leeds, good result last weekend. Uh, I thought they probably wouldn't uh, beat Leicester. Um, I'm afraid, I, I still fancy Spurs are going to nick, nick this one, maybe 2-0. Oof. Mm. Um, in agreement? Um, well, I'm looking forward to the game, actually. I think it's a different, what, difficult one to call. Because uh, um, Leeds have had a difficult start, uh, as we all know, but they're, they're unbeaten in three, and I thought they looked much more like their old selves, their energetic, free-flowing, high-pressing selves against uh, uh, against Leicester, and probably um, shaded it. Although it was a, you know, it was a, it was a good game, and um, I thought Leeds were unlucky not to win. Uh, there's still no Patrick Bamford, of course, uh, no Luke Ayling, so they're pretty much going to going to go out with the same side. Um, but the confidence seems to be coming back. I was thinking about this. I thought that Conte clearly has had two weeks to work with his squad, but he probably won't have, will he? Because most of them have yeah, actually... Because they'd have all been abroad, wouldn't they, playing for their countries? Yeah, they'll be playing all around the world, so yeah. he won't have had much time to put uh, uh, any effort into the uh, into the playing side. I, I, I think, as we mentioned on the show last week, one of his first acts was to ban tomato ketchup, brown sauce and mayonnaise from the players... Uh, <laughs> Uh, from the players' uh, dining room. So shocking, it'll, shocking. It'll be the youth squad that have uh, suffered for the last two weeks, and uh, Harry Kane's probably been enjoying his last uh, uh, taste of brown sauce, and, and maybe that's what inspired him to score seven goals, and maybe uh, Antonio Conte may have 
need to think again. But uh, seriously, I mean, if Spurs are serious about Champions League qualification this season, and I guess that's why they acted early by taking out um, uh, Nuno Espirito Sanchez and appointing him, uh, appointing Conte in his uh, in his place. I, I guess the reason for that is. Um, is because they are serious about Champions League qualification. They think with Conte they've got a chance, but they can't afford to cede too much further ground uh, to the top four rivals. So uh, I think uh, Tottenham fans will be looking for the revival to start this weekend. Uh, I think Leeds fans will be more confident than they have been for some time going into this game. And therefore, Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit right on the fence and I'm going to go for a one-all draw. A one-all draw. Um... Fantastically enough, um, those who are in Leeds hospitals uh, this Sunday will be able to listen to full match commentary as two of our esteemed colleagues, um, Andy Mason and Steve Fountain, will be there at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to bring you that full match commentary. Um, And it's just amazing that we can get to these away games uh, to bring the coverage um, even more coverage into Leeds hospitals, um, beds and stuff. Um, Bernie, Tottenham are ninth, Leeds are fifteenth, but there's well, there's five points between them, and Leeds are only two points worse off than they were at this stage last season. Um, but everyone seems to think that it's a worse start. Well, technically it is, but um, are you as worried as people should be? Like, is it second season syndrome? No, I don't think it is, Ian. Uh, I think Leeds have been pretty resilient over the last few games. I haven't seen an awful lot of them this season. I did watch the game against Norwich on the TV, one of the two that they've won, and um, it was a pretty poor game, to be to be fair. But Leeds looked, uh, the, well, certainly the better of the two sides, and they did enough to win on the day. If you compare the two sides man for man, Tottenham and Leeds, you'd have to say Tottenham, Tottenham were favourites. And, of course, we have the Conte factor, which has already been referred to. And he will be desperate to make an early impact at, at, um, at Tottenham. So, um, uh, as I say, put that against the Leeds resilience. I think they're starting to uh, put a little bit together now. I think um, I'm, I'm going with Alan on this one. I think it might just be a step too far for Leeds in the circumstances. So I'm going for a one-goal win to Tottenham. A one goal win to Tottenham. So um, that's Sunday afternoon, four o'clock. Um, so uh, if you are in your hospital bed, um, put us on your dial. Um, moving into the championship and Bernie's uh, very own Huddersfield Town, who are the model of inconsistency at the moment. Um, their last five games, drawn, lost, won, drawn, lost. So um, three points on Saturday then if you're keeping that one up. Well, let's hope so, Ian. It will be a tough one against West Bromwich Albion, who are one of the pre-season favourites for promotion and sitting nicely placed in third, although they have gone off the pace a little bit before this latest international break. Um, Town, well, I've given up trying to predict what they're going to do. It all depends who turns up on the day and uh, and what they do. They can be be pretty electric at times and uh, very disappointing at other times. The way the season's structured at the moment, the the fixtures seem to go in groups of three, Saturday, uh, midweek, Saturday, and then sometimes, as we've had recently, there's been a break. Uh, So the the last time we we looked at three fixtures where 
we were looking for ideally five points out of those three games, and we finished up with four, as you say, a win, a draw, and a defeat. And um, the, the next three coming up over the next eight days, uh, West Bromwich Albion at home, Queen's Park Rangers away, and then Middlesbrough at home the following Saturday. And those three look pretty tough, really. Uh, uh, yeah. Middlesbrough, I think, uh, with Chris Wilder in again the new manager syndrome. Yeah. So um, I think these are going to be three tough games for town. I think West Bromwich Albion is winnable. Town have got a great uh, home record. And um, they might just put one over on West Brom on Saturday. But uh, West Brom, of course, they've got one or two familiar faces there. Carlin Grant, of course, ex-Huddersfield. He's hit form for the first time in his period at the Hawthorns. He's on eight goals for the season. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Bartley, of course, uh, Leeds fans will remember. He's, uh, he's still doing a good job there. But, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I shall be at the John Smiths on Saturday with Rob Palmer. So anybody who's unfortunate enough to still be in hospital on Saturday, please join us on uh, uh, Leeds Hospital Radio Sports for a three o'clock kickoff. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Bernie, because uh, we were wondering who was doing that. So you saved me asking the question. Um, so I'm looking at the top of the championship, Stuart, and um, I, I, I just can't see your team. Where, where are they? Um, well, we're, we're lurking in the depths uh, currently, but uh, oh, there you are! Look, sixteenth. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know we're, we're. It's not long ago since, uh, of course, we uh, we we damaged the last unbeaten rec- league record by uh, winning handsomely at uh, at Bournemouth. And I have to say, uh, just. Uh, just going back to Huddersfield Town, it's, it's probably only two months ago that Huddersfield committed a grand larceny uh, by beating uh, Preston 1-0 at jo- the John Smiths without having a single shot on target. Work that one out. So they've certainly uh, they've certainly improved uh, some uh, since then. But um, still, no, I cannot let that one go. A grand larceny does not occur when one party gifts something to the other. <laughs> which is precisely what happened that day at the John Smith Stadium. I do kind of know what you're on about because when Knotts went to Grimsby a Thank few you. weeks ago, Knotts literally had two shots on target that day and one of them was in the 91st minute and it went in. So, yeah. you know, football, eh? eh? You were on the right end of it. But, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, no, Preston of... Um, uh, let's hope that the, uh, the, 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 the there won't have been too many internationals away on duty during the break. So uh, I think that the uh, the manager will have had uh, a little bit of time just to work on tactics. But uh, we are uh, we are consistent in our inconsistency. Uh, you Cam. are, but you've won three out of the last five, which actually is pretty good going. Um, but also, I mean, you look at the bottom of the championship, and it's full of of, of big clubs, you know, you've got your Derby who are bottom, who have had um, 21 points deducted. Is that's yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Hull, Barnsley, Cardiff, they've been in the Premier League. Reading have as well. Bristol City, they see themselves as a big club. Sheffield United, you know, they were in the Premier League last season. Um, you got Preston, Birmingham, Middlesbrough. So, you know, from 14th downwards, they're all pretty big clubs, apart from possibly Peterborough. Um, so it's it's madness. But then as well, barely a point separates them. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it is madness. Oh, just on that, uh, on on the Derby thing and the Reading thing, and they've uh, both. Um, I mean, Derby now have, uh, tw- as you say, have lost tw- twenty one, been deducted twenty one points, and Reading got deducted six yesterday. Yeah. I think that the, I really do wish that the EFL would do the right thing and grant Wickham Wanderers automatic promotion at the end of this season, uh, given that they were robbed of their status uh, last season. Uh, of course, they won't. Um, but that's what they should do. So if so, what you're saying is if Wickham don't win promotion themselves, that they should give them that promotion instead of? They should be granted automatic promotion right now. Well, there's a, there's a precedent, of course, for not doing that. If you go right back to the days of West Ham and Sheffield United with the Carlos Tevez affair, which uh, Sheffield are, are still rankling about now. With, uh, I don't know how many, probably getting on for 20 years on, I think. And uh, Sheffield United think they should have uh, maintained their Premier League status at the time. Um, the Premier League said no, and uh, and that was that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's still ongoing. Sheffield United fans still harp on about that. Um, we'll move on from the Championship, nip into uh, League Two. Um, for Saturday, or oh, what are you doing, Ian? Um, so Saturday, Bradford are at home, and they're at home to um, Northampton. Hmm. Um, Bradford got knocked out of the FA Cup in midweek, but um, they uh, have been reprieved. Um, Alan, um, League Two seems much of a muchness. Um, Bradford City just seem to be on the on the on the on the threshold of actually doing something, yeah. Well, I think if you speak to the Bradford City manager, he'd come up with all sorts of stats, basically saying City are the best side in the in the league, uh, but they can't score. Um, and this was very much the same on Saturday when they were away to Port Vale, and um, they played really well. They let a sloppy goal in, uh, could have gone on to win it. Uh, ended up with a one-all draw. Um, Exeter should have already been knocked out of the cup by City. They let in a late goal, having dominated the game. Forest Green came away with a, a robbed point. Um, Bernie was there, I think, um, and we had the normal thuggish display of our um, our West Country friends from down down in the green part of, of the country. Uh, it's nice to talk about a local side. I, I was intrigued by uh, Preston, Notts County and everybody else. And, but it's it's nice to remind our listeners that this is actually Leeds Hospital Radio we, we, we're talking about. And Bradford City are very much welcome members of that. Um, I think City have actually got the grounding for a decent side. They've got trouble with their... Uh, injuries, particularly um, Cook, uh, is out probably till the end of December. Uh, Angol, who came in and scored against Port Vale, has got himself sent off in this game. Bizarrely, uh, the game's going to be replayed, but he's barred from playing in it. Uh, yeah. He's sent off, but he can't play in the in, in the, the, the rescheduled game. No. Anyway, um, I'm very much hopeful that City are going to be, as a minimum in the playoffs, I have a sneaking suspicion... They're going to finish top three. I don't think they'll finish in the top two. I think I think they finish third. Northampton, who knows? Northampton uh, on their day win and on their day they lose. But I'm I'm rooting for City here. Two nil. Two nil. Um, Bernie, 
Um, yeah, let's talk local football. <laughs> um, Bradford at home to Northampton Town. Harrogate Town are home to Salford City. Um, Harrogate are still having an absolutely blinding second season in the Football League. And um, at the moment, I can see them going up. Yeah, I um, I wouldn't disagree with you, Ian. Um, they did have a little blip uh, a, a few weeks ago, but they've come back really strongly. And that's great to see. They seem to be playing some really good football. And as you say, they're, uh, they're, they're in fifth position now with 26 points from 16, which is uh, pretty good going. And uh, how good it would be if we can get uh, City and Harrogate both in that top three spot. And uh, really, it's it, probably it's unlikely, but um, th- there's no reason why it shouldn't happen. Oh, uh, no. With Alan on uh, City, by the way, I did watch them at, uh, uh, against Forest Green and they were the better side against the league leaders. Uh, perhaps a little bit unfortunate to concede the second goal. But I can see City coming back. They are a pretty strong outfit and um, I think... Uh, things will uh, turn for them. Uh, just very quickly, um, uh, we, we were talking about uh, the sending off of Angle, and I was reading Ryan Sparks, the chief, chief exec's comments about that, and he's absolutely seething. Not only has he lost Angle, uh, his star man, who scored a superb goal against Port Vale on Saturday, but uh, they've got to make another 600-mile round trip to Exeter on a Tuesday night. So um, I think it's a bit of a... Uh, a poison chalice as far as City are concerned this one it is though isn't it I mean they're, they're making them replay the game because Exeter brought on an extra substitute when they 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 shouldn't have done so surely that game is now completely null and void so why on earth are Bradford not allowed to use the player that got sent off in that game because because it's null and void yeah, well, bizarrely, bizarrely, and I, th- I think Bradford City tried to bring on their sixth substitute and were denied by the referee in the really? same game. <laughs> he did, yeah, yeah. Oh my! I suspect. I suspect by that point, probably the referee's assessor, who who would have been in the stand, had probably got the message down to the fourth official that guys, you've made a big mistake here, and uh, so therefore. Um, they uh, they didn't make the same mistake twice, but uh, it was one mistake too many. That's a that's a big rick, is that? It really is. It but, is. It yeah. is. Um, whilst, we're on the, whilst we're talking local football, you know, I would like yeah. to give honourable men- mention to Liversidge FC, who um, uh, play in the Northern Premier League Division One East, uh, and first time in the history they're playing at that level. They're currently. Uh, 14 games into the season. They've won 13 and drawn one. So they're top of that. And I saw them uh, play in the first round of the FA Trophy uh, the weekend against Baseford United, who were very close to uh, um, uh, your team, of course, yeah. uh, in Nottingham. And uh, it was a rousing game in front of 800, over 800 fans. And uh, Liversidge won it with a last-minute uh, a last-minute winner, 3-2. So they now progress to the second round of the FA Trophy, oh, where, wow. where they face, where they've drawn Lancaster City at, uh, again at Liversidge uh, a, a week on Saturday. And, That's uh, that should be uh, that should be something to, to watch because I think in the third round the uh, the National League sides come in. So uh, look well, out, the big, the big boys. People like well, the big boys. Candy. Yeah, look, <laughs> yeah, the big boy look, out, look out Stockport County is all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Bring on Wrexham. <laughs> exactly. 
Brilliant stuff. So we'll leave football there. Um, double coverage this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Huddersfield Town at home to West Bromwich Albion with um, the esteemed Bernie uh, there commentating. And then on Sunday, we're at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, for Tottenham against Leeds with Andy and Steve. So we'll leave football. We'll just nip onto cricket um, and we're just going to chat about the T20 World Cup. Uh, the final was last weekend um, and it was between Australia and New Zealand. Um, did New Zealand freeze on the day, uh, Alan? I don't think so. I, I think uh, Australia had been pummeled by England in their first game. Uh, it was embarrassing uh, the extent of the defeat against England in the first game. Australia were just so powerful. No, I don't, I don't think New Zealand uh, uh, froze. They they scored the at that time the highest score in a final. Um, some great stuff. Um, uh, unfortunately, the, one of their best batsmen, Conway, I think, smashed his hand against the bat when he was out against England. That kind of done him any good, nor the team. Uh, I, you know, you, the thing with the Aussies, you always get that sneaking suspicion that you know they're going to come good eventually, and they did. And all credit to them. I would have preferred New Zealand to have won, but yeah. you've got to say. Australia, well done. And sometimes in sport, you've just got to say, well done, you played better than we did. Yeah. I think Australia in cricket have that thing that Germany has in football in that they can start a tournament really like, oh, they they don't look like they're in it, but then they just progress and progress and Germany end up winning. Um, And I can see Australia in cricket uh, pretty much the same. Stuart? Yeah, I, I think uh, pretty much with Alan on it, actually. I, I thought New Zealand were the usual um, controlled uh, cells. Um, probably started off, uh, maybe starting the first five overs in the power play a little bit cautious. Uh, I think they did miss uh, Devon Conway, and uh, it, it, will, it will take some time, I think, for him to recover from uh, a self, that self-inflicted injury to, that meant he, meant he, he missed the World Cup final. So, yeah, I thought New Zealand were, were controlled. Uh, yeah, they did set a, a 170 odd. But I just thought Australia were braver. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, you know, the cream comes to the top. I, I didn't know this, but Mitch March is uh, Mitch Marsh, should I say, who, who batted absolutely superbly uh, for his 70 not out. He after the, uh, the the two Pakistanis, Rizwan and Azam, are the two leading T20 international uh, batters in terms of runs scored this year. And Mitch March is in third. And I, di- I didn't know that. Um, and I thought the, the key in that game was when um, Milne, who bowls rockets, he bowls rockets, 90 miles an hour. He went 6-4-6, six, six, the first three balls that he bowled. Uh, Mitch March just uh, just flayed him away. And that was, uh, at that point, which was sort of, you know, probably about eighth or ninth over, I thought Australia just got this. Uh, yeah. And you can see it, you know, Warner was uh, was in his pomp. Uh, they were, they were, the, the, Alan's right, they were just far too powerful and they just absolutely steamrolled them. Yeah. So fair play to them. Fair play. Yeah. Fair play to them. Bernie, um, your thoughts on the final? Very little to add, Ian. I thought you yeah. hit the nail on the head really with the uh, the point about the momentum which the Australians had. They started mm. off badly, got better, and were in tremendous form by the end. 
Contrast that with England and Pakistan, who uh, had great tournaments. They they dominated their respective groups, but tailed off a little bit. In England's case, uh, certainly hit by the injuries to Roy and Mills. uh, That certainly affected them. New Zealand played really well right the way through. They they were a credit to the games. They always are. But yes, uh, Australia, as has been said, deserved it. And good luck to them. Good luck to them. Um, Anyway, we'll move off cricket. And into the Autumn Internationals in rugby, we have got about five minutes left, guys. Um, it wasn't all a great weekend for Australia because England thumped them at Twickenham, 32 points to 15. Um, but the main headline last weekend, Ireland's 29 points to 20 victory over the all-conquering New Zealand All Blacks. I mean, that's just terrific. Absolutely fantastic for not only Irish rugby, but for Northern Hemisphere rugby um, let's start with Bernie. Uh, well, uh, I can't uh, offer a great deal here. I haven't seen any of these rugby matches at all. I've been far too busy watching cricket and football. Uh, but I have seen the results, and you're absolutely right. The uh, That was a, a pretty spectacular result for Ireland. I think um, Scotland have got some good results as well. They've, uh, they, they've had a massive win over Tonga. And uh, they also beat Australia, which was a good win. Uh, England, as expected, uh, again, smashed Tonga and they've uh, they, they beat the Australians. Uh, very interesting game coming up on the, the weekend against South Africa. Um, yeah, these Autumn Internationals are uh, they're not part of a tournament, but they are, uh, if you do get the opportunity to watch them, I'm sure, I'm sure they're great entertainment. And uh, now that the World Cup in cricket has finished, I shall be attempting to do that this weekend. Get your Amazon Prime and uh, and and watch the games. They they've very kindly staggered the kickoff times as well, so you can literally watch four games of rugby one after the other. Um, Scotland um, play Japan, England play South Africa, Wales play Australia, and it's France who are playing New Zealand. And then on Sunday, Ireland play Argentina. Um, Stuart, um, I know they're over on Amazon Prime, so I know people haven't had a chance really to watch the games, but the results have been pretty encouraging for both England and Ireland. Uh, yeah, they have. I, I, I do have that channel. Uh, I do have access to that channel. And so I did. All uh, round Charles then, Stuart, this week. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I, I saw the second half of the, the Ireland uh, All Blacks game, and it was absolutely fantastic. And. Uh, yeah, I think it took it took Ireland over 100 years to beat the All Blacks, and they've now beaten them three times out of the last five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they're on a bit of a roll. And, and yeah, yeah, there's nothing better actually than being in uh, in the uh, stadium in in, in Dublin. And uh, you know, the All Blacks were playing in addition to the 15 out on the play field. They were playing 75, 80,000, yeah. You know, um, rabid Irish rugby fans, and it was it was just a great spectacle. Um, so so it's great for them, uh, and you're right, great for, great for rugby. Um, I don't think you know when it comes to the next World Cup, you know, and Ireland playing New Zealand in the World Cup, it'll probably it'll be different. Don't worry about that. Uh, New Zealand will yeah, see it. Yeah, but um, I mean they are basically friendly games, aren't they? But in rugby union, they. They're yeah. a bit more competitive than what you would normally consider a friendly international. Oh, yeah, massively so. I think they're, you know, they're a sort of important part of the uh, rugby calendar now. I think uh, they, I'm really looking forward to the England South Africa game because there really is something on that, and there's, you know, there's a bit of a, 
bit of a grudge from the uh, from from the World Cup final. Um, I, I just get the feeling that the yeah, you just get the feeling that the two sides don't like each other very much. Uh, so I think that although one or two of the main protagonists are injured and, and sadly will not be there to, to, to wind it up in the, in the scrum. Uh, but um, that's going to that's going to be a tough one for England. Um, yeah. It's great to see this uh, Freddie Stewart, who uh, everybody's talking about at the moment. The, uh, the England fullback is a Leicester Tiger young boy. Uh, he's been tipped for stardom for, for some time and uh, uh, he performed um Really well on Saturday. I think Australia, yeah, they're probably just going through a transformation phase. They got beaten by Scotland. Uh, England won quite comfortably. You know, in these modern modern days of rugby union, uh, the fact Australia didn't cross England's try line. Um, no. There are five penalties. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to Saturday's game. Uh, I think that's the, that's the one of the weekend for me to watch. Um, it'll be a cracker, I'm sure. Thanks a lot, Stuart. And we'll have the last word for Alan. Um, I know you can't watch these games, but um, as Stuart was saying there, Australia lost to Scotland, lost to England, and they were playing in Cardiff um, tomorrow. Um, It could be the triple crown for beatings, do you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you, you hinted at the fact that I, I can't watch um, the, um, the, the the football. I'm quite uh, rugby. I'm quite capable of watching it. I do, and this is perhaps a subject for another time. But I am quite distressed about the fragmentation of, of uh, TV rights, where uh, I used to be able to switch on and watch everything on the BBC. Well, I, I think they've almost died a death. Uh, then I used to be able to switch on and watch Sky, and now Sky seems to have uh, abdicated on the procurement of certain right. Um, um, Stuart's crying. I mean, have I got to go BT Sport to watch Preston next uh, next season or two when they go into the non-league? Uh, and and on and on it goes. And now I've got an mean, Amazon thing and what. What's what's the next thing we need? We don't, we don't we're not all money bags tailor, you know. Some of us are pensioners, and we've Alan, just got to live on a fixed income. Alan, you just need to get it. Amazon Prime at Ilkley Bowling Club. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I, I was at Ilkley Bowling Club watching um, Ireland play very well against New Zealand, and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was that was great, and it was thoroughly deserved. My final observation, Ian, if I may, if I'm not going to be interrupted. Yeah. Uh, I'd just like to say good luck to England. They're experimenting with a lot of young players, a lot of talented players. And the guys have already mentioned uh, uh, one or two names there. Good luck to them. I really I do like the England coach. I really do hope he he pulls it out because he's, he's great to listen to. I've no idea how good he is as a coach, but I just love him. Eddie Jones. Yeah, that's the man. That's the man. The Aussie. In charge of England. Well, on that bombshell, um, we'll leave this week there. Um, Thank you, uh, one and all. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you, Bernie, for your input this week. Um, We will be back next week, as always. And um, we'll have plenty more uh, banter, especially if Statler and Waldorf are both free again. Um, But from me, Ian, and from everyone else, uh, goodbye.